What's up, everyone? This is Matt Vote of The Lifestyle Practice, where together with my partners, Derek, Steve, and Justin, we help dentists like yourself achieve your goals and dreams through practice ownership. We work with clients, as you know, in a couple different ways, including free content like this podcast, as well as our online TLP Academy with over 70 video modules and tons of other resources through our TLP mastermind groups and through one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe or just pass it along to a friend or colleague who might enjoy it as well. I also wanted to mention something else to you all on our website, thelifestylepractice.com. When you visit, you'll be greeted with a pop-up with the opportunity to submit some information about your practice and receive some completely free feedback, no commitment or questions asked about your specific situation or practice. When you submit, this comes directly to our inboxes, Derek, Steve, Justin, and I, and then we get back to you with some some feedback on what's what's going on or or what we think we should you should do in your situation. So we do this because we want to help doctors just like you. Uh, so take a moment to head over to our website, thelifestylepractice.com, to fill out that survey if you'd like, uh, or you can get started working with us too. All right, so we're continuing our startup mini series today, focusing on marketing. You know, it's funny. Every episode, I, I make my notes and I think, okay, I'm going to make this a quicker episode today. And then I, I get on a roll with all of this helpful info that's like swimming around in my brain and it ends up being a longer episode again. But uh, that's okay, I guess. I hope it hope it brings you value. And I always appreciate the feedback and emails after these episodes too, because it's, it's fun to, uh, to hear about where everybody's at uh, if you're working on a startup. Uh, before we jump into the topic of marketing, let's summarize a bit of what we've talked about so far. If you haven't listened to the, the previous miniseries episodes um, uh, revolving around startups, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to those first. Uh, so we've discussed location and how important it is to find a suitable location for your practice. There are tons of things about uh, a dental practice that can be tweaked and changed, but you cannot change your location. That's very obvious, but it's so important to, to remember. We've also talked about financing and personal finance as it applies to a dental startup. We talked about building a liquid fund of cash before you start your practice for expenses that might pop up before you start your business or before you receive financing. And that's going to come into play again today as we talk about marketing in this episode. And we also talked about practice design and equipment and supply. There are so many decisions to be made in this part of your startup journey, and these are just as important as location. If you design your practice inefficiently, you're going to have to live with it for a long time, basically forever at that specific location. So you found the perfect location. You've got everything financed. You've designed your practice, received bids, and maybe construction's underway. You've made some intelligent decisions on your equipment and supply, and you're working through that as the practice is being built. That's all great, but now we've got to get patients coming in through the doors. And once again, this, when we talk about marketing, is such a crucial step in the process. There are, in my mind, three keys to startup marketing success that we're going to review today. And those are, one, location-based marketing, two, external marketing, and three, internal marketing. So when we're talking about location-based marketing, we're talking about your location and your physical signage at the place where you're practicing dentistry. The concept's pretty simple. 
but it's something that I think is easy to overlook amongst the millions of other things you're doing as you're starting your practice. The gist of it is that people should know for as long as possible before you open that your dental office is going into that lease space as it's as it's getting built out and as construction's going on. Your location, as we've talked about before, is one of your biggest marketing factors. That's why I have no problem paying slightly higher rent for a visible space, usually like in a retail location versus a, a, an office building that's kind of off the beaten trail, because I see that higher rent as a very reasonable marketing expense. People are always interested when something new is happening in their neck of the woods, when you know a new business is being built or uh, something's going on. They'll wonder, ooh, I wonder what's going in here. So as soon as it's possible, you want to have signage up at your location. Some of what's allowed and not allowed when it comes to this will be dependent on your lease. So you want to be thinking about these things before you even sign on the dotted line to agree to, to a lease at this location. This is kind of obvious as well, but you want to have the largest illuminated sign you can on your building, as large and as bold as local code will allow for. And you want that up as soon as possible. Now, when it comes to like the design of the sign or the design of your logo, um, you know, I think it's important that your your logo and your signage makes it very clear that that you're a dentist. <laughs> that sounds obvious, um, but if you're someone who's you know, going to name your practice maybe after your last name or the location, uh, we want to make sure that someone zooming by on the road can still see oh dental practice or, or dentist. We don't want that text to be so small that, you know, it's easy, easy to pass by and not realize. So if you can have multiple signs on the front side or back of the building, you absolutely should consider that. This means that you're probably discussing the, like the manufacturing of your signage with, with sign companies and having them ready to go pretty much as soon as possible after you sign your lease. Because the longer that you have those signs up, the more momentum you can build in your marketing. People are driving by and it could be three, four, five months before you open, but they'll see, hey, new dentist going in here. And that gets them thinking already about, about your practice. If you can't do it super quickly, for some reason, it's, it's taking some time to, to get those permanent signs up on the building. Temporary signage is fine too. Big banners, signs in the windows, um, anything that can say coming soon, or get people going to your website or, or calling. Um, heck, they could be calling a temporary number where you just pick up the phone and tell them about yourself. Um, that's, that's never going to hurt. Um, it's only going to help uh, as you're getting ready to open your practice. I also advocate for temporary signage when it comes, to, when it comes time to, to schedule new patients. So maybe around a few weeks before opening, something like a big banner that says, now accepting new patients with your phone number or website listed. Um, that's, that's something that can, once again, get people picking up the phone, uh, going to your website and, and encouraging action when it's time for that to occur. So basically when it comes to this location-based marketing, don't be afraid to tell people what you're up to. Don't hide. If you're hanging your shingle and, and you're doing this, kind of stick out your chest and say, I'm here and tell people about yourself. So let's talk now about more traditional external marketing efforts to bring patients in. 
This can vary based on what's likely to be successful and cost-effective in your area, but I like a combination of multiple marketing strategies, kind of a shotgun approach, if you will. That shotgun approach is usually a combination of things like physical mailers, your website, online ads, search engine optimization, uh, Facebook and Instagram presence and, and ads, and ground marketing in your local community. So we could spend hours talking about this part of marketing, but here's what I always try to communicate to my clients. Your different marketing channels should support each other to get patients to come to your office. And what I mean by that is this. They say on average, it takes someone like six to eight exposures to a company's marketing before they reach out or before a sale is made. So your marketing should take that into account. You've got a great location. So someone drives by each day. They see your updates on Facebook, maybe. Uh, they might see an article in the local newspaper about you and, and your goals for your practice. And then they get your mailer and this light bulb goes off in their head and says, oh, hey, I know this person. I've got this toothache. I, I, I'll try them out. And if you've done your marketing correctly and, and you've kind of let people know about who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, they, they might feel like they already kind of know you before they even step through the door. Now, if you're not going with this multi-pronged marketing approach, or if something slips, like you don't answer the phone when somebody calls, or you don't have easy online scheduling, or it's just a pain in the butt to get a hold of you, that's going to make your marketing more ineffective. What I like to see with clients that I work with is that you're doing some of this yourself, you're hiring someone to do the, the more difficult aspects for you, and that overall, you have a really good understanding of each aspect of the marketing efforts in your practice. You will always be involved in the marketing of your practice. I think it's important to understand that. And it's completely wrong to think that marketing is something you can be totally hands-off with in this, in this process. And I'd say if that's what you want, I would consider maybe not starting a practice from scratch. You can get to the point over time where your marketing is kind of on autopilot. That's how I feel about my, my practice. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly aware of it. I'm making tweaks to things all the time. Um, but, but you've really got to be involved uh, if, if you're starting a practice and you're starting a business. This is a huge aspect of things. One part that you will be very involved with in this initial stage, and, and you should be, in my opinion, is the social media marketing aspect and ground marketing, your, your local marketing. This is a part of your, of your marketing strategy where you truly get out what you put in. So something that's pretty unique and, and effective when it comes to this is utilizing Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and those types of channels to really get your message out to the people around your practice. So what I did when I started my practice is from the moment that construction started, I created my Google page, my Facebook page, Instagram, all that stuff. And I went to the practice. It was actually Christmas Eve. <laughs> I remember it. It was Christmas Eve and I, and I went to the practice and the place is a wreck. They had started demolition. And I went on my Facebook page. I didn't have any likes yet. And I clicked go live. And I started talking to the camera on my phone, telling people who I was, why I was starting a dental practice, 
telling them about my family, telling them about my experience, just being a person and guiding them around the construction space, telling them, oh, this is where the, the rooms will be. This is where the front desk will be. Recording all that live on Facebook uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then once I finished up that video, then spending some money to boost it to like a five mile radius around my practice where patients might come from and boost it to specific people that I might want to want to see it who might want to become patients. And I did that weekly as I went to check in on the practice and gave updates and, and answered questions. And over time, we, we started to get a lot of likes on the Facebook page and people were interested in the story. People, people like a good story. They want to know why you're doing something. And a lot of people want to support a story like you probably have when you're starting a dental practice. So we did this, you know, every, every week for, for months and continued to do it after we opened our doors. And it was a very effective, low cost way to get people interested in the dental practice. And then also just to feel like they already knew me and knew my mission before we even opened our doors. I'm not the first person to do this. In fact, there, you know, there are a lot of people doing this out there right now, but it is so effective. And all it takes is a conscious effort. You've got to just put yourself out there. It's easier said than done. And it's kind of intimidating to, to do this, but you've just got to put yourself out there and not be afraid to say, here's who I am and here's why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. That will resonate with people if you do it the right way. So last note, when it comes to your external marketing, the, the timing of that marketing becomes very important as well, because we want the biggest rush of interest and calls or clicks uh, visiting your office to be close to your opening date, because that's when you're going to be really scheduling patients. So that's a, an important thing to keep in mind with the timing of all of this. A client of mine is opening his practice in a little less than a month, and he already has like 50 or 60 patients on, on the books. So we're actually already thinking about hiring a part-time hygienist before he even opens to take on some of the workload. And, and that's kind of the magic of this marketing approach if you do it right. Last but not least, we, we can't forget about internal marketing as well, or you're just going to be leaving easy new patients out there on the table. A lot of this comes after you open your doors, but you shouldn't skip this aspect of your marketing because it's, it's very cost-effective and it's, it's pretty simple. The basics are that you're making sure that you get Google, Facebook, Yelp, whatever reviews consistently from patients just by asking them. Or you can use an automated re request service to, to send review requests after people have appointments. Having reviews and building up that social proof over time really helps, helps people to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go to this practice because I looked at their reviews and, and, and they're great. Also asking for referrals from your patients is the easiest and one of the most effective ways to market in your practice. And to do that, you just have to ask. It could be you, it could be any one of your team members, but this is where one new patient could quickly turn into five new patients or more if they bring in their entire family. And in our practice, we'll simply ask, hey, should we get the rest of your family scheduled today? Or do you have any friends or family um, who might be looking to, to see us as well? And if someone's had a good experience, which is, which is very important, then they're probably going to refer their friends and family. If they are understanding of you and your story, you know, they'll want to support your, 
your business. So that is super, super effective and just something from day one that you want to have in place because you're spending money on the external efforts and the internal efforts are just kind of like the icing on the cake and they're really like bringing things home to, to continue to maximize the new patient flow in your, in your office. An analogy I like to use for marketing in a dental practice is like building a snowball at the top of a mountain. You've got to put an effort and money consistently to build the size of that snowball. And then once you start to push it down the hill, if done correctly, it's just going to continue to grow and grow on its own. And your marketing builds up a lot of momentum that then kind of helps it become on autopilot a bit more down the road. One of the biggest mistakes you could make as a startup is not spending money on marketing or cheaping out on what you're spending. There are certain things to be ruthless about when it comes to cost, but your monthly marketing budget should not be one of those things. The specific number you spend, that'll vary on, on your location and your specific situation, but having a set monthly budget and sticking to it, even if, feels, even if it feels pretty significant at the start, is so important. And this is another reason why I advocate for building a solid reserve of cash from your own funds before you start your practice. Remember, we want to decrease risk and grow as quickly as possible in those early critical stages of your practice. And your budget from the bank should include working capital and an allocation towards marketing, but it never hurts to have that little extra buffer should you need it. The last thing we want happening is for you to be cash strapped and to not have money left for marketing. Nothing you do will matter if you aren't getting patients coming through the door. So that about sums it up for today's episode. Maybe that was a little bit more of a, uh, of a quick hitter than I expected it to be, but that's good. I hope this has brought you some, some value and has got you thinking. Next episode, we'll talk about hiring and staffing for a startup, which is something I get asked about a lot. If you're thinking about doing a startup of your own and would like a coach by your side for that process, that's where I come into the picture. When I look back, truthfully, there are a number of things I would have done differently in my own practice. And I know that hiring a coach sooner in the process would have helped me avoid those blind spots. That's just the honest truth. You can email me with any questions or to get started at matt at thelifestylepractice.com or visit us at thelifestylepractice.com to learn more about what we do or to fill out that survey for some free feedback from myself, Derek, Steve, and Justin. Until next time, cheers.